Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyan. Today is our last day we're talking about two books, the Book of Life and the Book of Works. If your name is in the Book of Life, you're rewarded from the Book of Works. God loves good works. We're saved unto good works. And today we're going to talk about the gamut. I mean, what the New Testament has to say about the, the extent of good works that God wants us to have in our life. And the main purpose is to lead people to Jesus as Lord and Savior. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. And we have been studying for the past numbers of lessons on the subject of two sets of books that'll be found in heaven. When the sinner stands before the Lord and when the Christian stands before the Lord, the Christian will be at the judgment seat of Christ to see our rewards, but the unbeliever will be at the great white throne judgment to face eternal damnation because their name was not found in the book of life. So let's talk about those two sets of books and we'll lead into what we're doing right now. The book of works and the book of life. The book of life is what God writes your name into whenever you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. The book of works just keeps track of your works throughout your lifetime and the good works. The bad works aren't in there because the bad works are sin. And so since the bad works are sin, Jesus took our sins on the cross and the whole world will stand before God one day. All who have ever been born lived on this earth coming to do different judgments. And you and I as born again Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, which will happen during the time of the tribulation on the earth, will be rewarded in heaven. The unbeliever will be 1,000 years later at the great white throne judgment. Let me tell you what's going to happen at the great white throne judgment. God's going to have them stand there and they're going to petition him that they should come to heaven for one reason. They're good works. And so he'll open up the book of works and say, yes, I find them all here. All these things. Yes, you said you did that. You did do that. You say you were this organization. Yes, all is written here in the book of works. But then God will open up the book of life and he'll say, but your name is not written here. What he's going to point out to them is all your good works do not equal what I require to come into heaven, which is a 100%, a perfect score. And only one person has ever made that. That's Jesus Christ himself. Because their name is not found written in the book of life, then the book of works becomes their condemnation, their judgment. And because it doesn't equal the righteousness of God so they can come into heaven, they are then cast into the lake of fire forever and forever. So the book of works becomes their condemnation. But we as believers, the same two sets of books will be there. When the Lord asks us, why should we come to heaven? We won't fall back on the book of works. We fall back on the book of life. You say, because my name is found written in the book of life, I accepted you as my Lord and Savior. And Jesus Christ came to live inside of me. And what, in essence, what happens is Jesus, since he's the only one that made a 100% on God's test, his grade is passed to you. I get it in on the works of Jesus. I get it in on what Jesus did for me. His 100 becomes my 100. God says, you're right. Here's your name found written in the book of life. Then the book of works becomes my point of rewards. Instead of condemning me, the book of rewards is what God will reward me for. That is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That chapter is dealing with the rewards seat of Christ or the judgment seat of Christ in which we'll be rewarded from. So we've been talking about that for some time. And so it's important to understand that God does a 
appreciate good works. There's teaching today that says, oh, it's works. God doesn't like works. No, he doesn't like a certain type of works. And we've covered that. The type of works that thinks you can inherit eternal life from that, or you can get God's approval from that, or you're trying to impress God, or you're trying to impress people. All those are the wrong motive. But when you do works because you love the Lord and use your works to win people to Jesus, you're rewarded for that in heaven. And the amount of rewards with everybody will differ when we get to heaven. No two people will be rewarded the same. And so last time we were on the broadcast, we talked about rewards, and we also found out about the works that bring those rewards found in your life in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21 is the verse we left off with last time, which says, Now the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working for you, which is well-pleasing in his sight. I want you to know as verse 21 says that it'll make you perfect in every good work to do his will. His will is for you to do good works and do good works to win people to Jesus, do good works so that you can bless people. The food you give out, the hands you lay on the sick, anything like that is used to win a person to Jesus as Lord and Savior, the same types of works that Jesus did so he could win people to himself. Mark chapter 16 and verse 20 even tells us that when we do good works, God joins us. Mark 16, 20 says, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So let's take up today and take up from where we left off last time that good works are the goal of the Christian life. While you're finding the verses where we talk about Titus chapter two and verse 14 is where we'll begin, then Titus chapter three and verse eight. But as we're gonna go to those verses of scripture and you can look them up now, I do wanna mention my book on end times is what we are offering during this time because it'll mention in the book about the judgment seat of Christ or the reward seat of Christ. And the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have the book. It's just simply laid out from beginning to end, easy to understand on a, on a subject that is usually complex on the coming of Jesus. I break it down and make it very simple. You are not saved by good works, but you're saved unto good works. We're told in Ephesians, when you receive the Lord as your Savior, that when we receive Jesus, that he gives us the power to produce good works. And the purpose of salvation is not only for us to get saved, but to produce good works so that others can receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. As a sinner, you were not capable of works pleasing to God because you didn't have the nature of God in you. A dead spirit produces dead works. But as a Christian, you are capable of works pleasing to God because you have the life and the nature of God in you, the Holy Spirit, and a living spirit produces living works. Grace needs no works to make you righteous, but once righteous, works are the outworking and public display of your grace. What's in you begins to come out, and not only comes out by the words of your mouth where you witness to people, it comes out by the actions that you have, and when you do them out of love toward people, love toward the world, to win them to Jesus, that not only do you get blessed in life, but also there's blessings in heaven that are eternal and will receive those at the judgment seat of Christ or the rewards seat of Christ. Good works do not precede faith, but they follow it. Titus chapter two and verse 14 says this, speaking of Jesus who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from this all iniquity in this world and purify to himself a unique people zealous of good works. When you become born again, you should have a desire and a zeal to produce good works. 
Titus chapter three and verse eight says this, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you affirm constantly that those who have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And the word profitable to men is referring to sinners finding Jesus as savior, but it's also profitable to you that you become born again, you begin to produce good works and the born again experience puts your name in the book of life, but the good works produces late things that are written in the book of works and you're, and you're saved out of one book and rewarded out of the other. Good works are part of the daily Christian life. Colossians chapter one and verse 10 tells us this. So you might walk worthy of the Lord in all things pleasing to God, being fruitful in every good work increasing in the knowledge of God. Two things God wants us to increase in. He wants us to increase in our good works toward people and increase in the knowledge of God. Seems like Christians get caught up on one side or the other. All they do is go out and work, work, work and help feed people. And they think this is all that God's looking for. But on the other side, we have some that just study God's word, study God's word, study God's word, go to church, but they never produce any good works. God wants you to increase in both areas. The more knowledge of the word of God you have, that should produce more good works in your life to help other people to find Jesus as Lord and Savior or to help carnal Christians come back into fellowship with God. Good works are your light to the world. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16, Jesus speaking to his disciples said, you are the light of the world. Now, when Jesus came, he is the light of the world. And he's now prophesying what's gonna happen when he leaves that they're going to become the light of the world. The power that Jesus had will be given to them. The life that Jesus had will be given to them. The Holy Spirit given to him will be given to them. And now the works that Jesus did also, he calls light in this verse of scripture, because just as light attracts people in darkness to the light, so do good works in a world filled with evil works. The good works done in truth that people can see will attract them to you and to the message of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16 tells us this. Jesus said, you disciples are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and then put it under a bushel, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men, so they may see your good works. Notice this, your light is your good works. Let them see it. Uh, yeah, there's sometimes you'll do things behind the scenes where nobody can see it. God sees it, and that's wonderful. But he says, do plenty of them out there where people can see it, because there's a benefit. When you do it by yourself somewhere back there, it's good for you. But when you do it in front of the world, it's good for them. They can see your good works, and then glorify your Father who is in heaven. Next of all, good works give you a reputation. Acts chapter 9 and verse 36 says this, now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which interpreted means Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and acts of charity or compassion, which she did. Notice what she was full of, good works, not just a testimony, not just knowledge of God's word. She was filled with good works. And the way that she showed her understanding of God was by helping other people. And then through that, she led them to the Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy chapter five and verse 10 talks about wives. It spoke of husbands, not speaking of wives. It says in verse 10, well reported for their good works. If she has brought up her children, if she has housed strangers, if she has washed the disciples' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. It starts out talking about her good works, 
raising her children right, then housing strangers. But finally it says, and lately at the end of her life, she has diligently followed every good work. In other words, God says, if you look back at your life, two things. He wants to know the word you have studied, the spiritual growth that you have attained, but he also wants to see that you have done good works in front of the world. Understand this, God is all for good works. We are saved unto good works. Even prosperity, which is part of the word of God. The purpose of prosperity is to help spread the gospel. You can preach here, but your finances can go to other places. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, it says, and God is able to make all grace, this is finances, look at the chapter. Chapter 8 and chapter 9 is talking about finances. God is able to make all grace, all finances abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency and all good things may abound unto every good work. You can do good works, but guess what? You can send your money out to the right places, to missionaries, to evangelists, to those who are spreading the gospel, to your local church, in your tithes and offerings. It says here again, having all sufficiency in all things, you may abound unto every good work. You know what that word abound means? Increasing. Abounding means increasing and increasing. And God wants your life to be continually increasing in every good work. What's a good work? It's a work that helps lead people to Jesus Christ, bring carnal Christians back into fellowship with him, bring the joy of the Lord to people. This is what God is looking for. When we come back from the break, we're gonna take up right here from this point and talk about the power of forgiveness. We'll see you right after the break. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, Come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website 
at bobbyandian.com and click on Partnership. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21 tells us about the power of forgiveness in our life that prepares us to good works. In other words, if there's sin in your life and you haven't confessed it and you know those sins are there and you start going out to do good works thinking those good works will cover up the fact that you have sinned, you're falling right back in the trap that the sinner does and there's no rewards for that. That is not a good work, that's a wrong work, that's a bad work. And so what the Lord wants you to do is whenever there's a sin in your life, ask the Lord to forgive it before you ever go out to witness before you ever go to help and feed people from your, you know, that your church goes out to and, and, and you're ministering in organizations that do so. All these things are great and wonderful, but the people doing it should have a clean heart before God. And the, that way, the entire purpose of why you're there is to influence someone to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Today, you're feeding them. Once they get born again, they can feed themselves and they can feed other people. God will provide even a job for them. 2 Timothy 2.21 tells us this. If a man, this is a Christian, purge himself from these, these are the sins found in the next verse, verse 22, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master's use, prepared to every good work. Notice this, not only should your heart be right before God, your love for God should be there. And if there's any sins in your life, ask the Lord to forgive it because you want everything, including a cup of cold water could be used as a means of rewards for you in heaven as well as that cup of cold water could shove them right over the edge and now accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. All the things have been done before, they probably thought, oh, these Christians can't sustain this. They can't keep doing this. One day they're not gonna be doing things right and they find out we just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and they realize something. There must be something eternal inside of the people that are helping me. The word prepares us for good works. Why do we want the word to also be there as well as our good works because the word of God prepares our heart and gives us insight for the good works. Second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, this is teaching, for reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. So why does God want us to be, have, be profitable in the doctrine? Why does God want us to have reproof in our life and correction in our life and instruction in our life? Why? Verse 17, so the man of God and woman of God may be mature, thoroughly furnished to all good works. Notice this, the previous verse we looked at, 2 Timothy 2.21, God wanted us prepared to every good work. And now he says in this verse that he furnishes us to good works and in both cases, it's talking about that we need to keep our life clean before God and clean before the world. And if they say to us, we know that you haven't lived a good life, you can tell them, I have confessed it to God. I've taken it to him. I know you're right. We don't argue the fact that they're wrong. No, we simply say whatever wrong I have done, I've taken it to the Lord because even a Christian has struggles in his life, but I have somewhere to turn. And if you accept Jesus, You'll have somewhere to turn when you do things wrong in your life because you have a God that if he forgave you and made you a Christian, now that you're a Christian, he can forgive you as a Christian and clean you up and bring you right back to the point where now you're capable of every good work. Next of all, in Titus chapter two and verse seven, we instruct others by our good works. So not only does your mouth instruct them, but the works that you do show them and instruct them in the word of God. Titus 2, seven, in all things, showing yourself as a model, a pattern of good works, 
in doctrine, showing incorruptness. In other words, you just keep staying with the word of God. You don't vary from the word of God. In fact, you quote scriptures when you do things. In doctrine, showing incorruptness, gravity and sincerity. It simply says you're living what you teach where your works display what you believe. What you believe comes out in your words, but what you believe comes out in your actions. And so you show them and you teach them by the word of God that's inside of you. We are to encourage others to do good works. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to provoke to love and to do good works. This word is telling us that not only do we do good works, we ought to be provoking other people to do good works. In fact, the verses after this tell us to even come and go to church. Verse 25 says, don't you know neglect the assembling of yourself together as the habit of many people has become. And so we should consider and provoke one another, not only to love and good works, but also to come to church. Even coming to church is a good work before the world. I don't go to church because I want to show the world that I'm a good person to come to church. I go to church because I love God and I love fellowship around the people of God all week long. You know, if you're on a job, you're fellowshipping with people, maybe a few Christians, but a lot of unbelievers. It's nice to come to church again and realize there's a group of people that love God in this world. And that's why church is good. First of all, again, to learn the word of God, be around the presence of God, hear the word of God from a great pastor, hear good praise and worship, and also come to church where you are surrounded by those who love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Gives you a little taste of heaven. I like to think of this, the local church is the halfway house between earth and heaven. And I get to go to that halfway house two or three times a week and see the people of God. It reminds me heaven's going to be a wonderful place. I need to get back out there though before I die and bring more people in as possible. Good works also display our godly character. James 3.13, who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good lifestyle his good works and meekness of wisdom. So our godly character comes out. You know, instead of telling people you have a godly character, show them you have a godly character. And the only way to show them you have a godly character is to have a good lifestyle and produce works in front of them. Again, as this verse of scripture says, with meekness of wisdom, with the wisdom you have inside and a teachable spirit before them, begin to tell them about what God has done for you and the fact he can do it for them. And here's the point. What good does it do to witness to a person about Jesus, but you don't have any good works to back it up? You live like everybody else. God wants your wisdom and your good works to be the display of the fact that you've been born again. They can't see in here, but they can see out here. They can see the works of your hands. They can see the love in your eyes. They can see the love in your actions. And when that happens consistently, they're going to finally wake up to the fact this thing is eternal inside of him. He hasn't lost it. He hasn't backed off. She's the same as she's always been. Also, good works can bring other people to salvation. In fact, that's the real important use of good works. Because listen, our words can only go so far, but we are to witness with our words and our deeds. And God has told us that by our actions that we have along with the witness that comes from our mouth. In fact, the good works that we do can also be laying hands on the sick. These are called good works. Jesus did good works and told us to be rich in good works of which Jesus went out and the good works he did was laying hands on the sick so that they would recover, raise the dead, cast out devils. The supernatural is a visible form of the faith in your heart and the fact that you've been born again. So the same thing comes back to this. Good works is the 
the outward display of what's in our heart. So 1 Peter 2.15 tells us this, so is the will of God that with well-doing, that's good works, well-doing is good works. So in well-doing, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. In other words, there's foolish men out there and they may talk a good talk, but you not only talk a good talk, you walk in the actions that parallel your faith in Jesus Christ. Good works will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. We have brought this out. It's been one of the major deals throughout this entire series I've been teaching on the two books. And there's good works are so important to God, he has a book filled with them, the book of works. And the book of works is filled with all the good things you have done, even to the smallest things, such as giving a cup of cold water in his name. Uh, if you only had a little bit of money, you put it in the offering, you think, well, God, it's not a whole lot of money. God sees the attitude of your heart over the amount that you give. And because of the attitude of your heart, he begins to reward you and multiplies the finances back into your life. This is brought out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Because of this, this is the subject around this, we will die one day. Because we will die one day, we work. Knowing my life is short, I need to become known more for my good works, more than just the words of my mouth. I know it's important to witness, and mainly witnessing comes from your mouth, but witnessing also comes from the fact that you do good works before the world. Jesus came with words and with good works. Because of this, the fact we'll die one day, we work. So whether present, that's on the earth, or absent in heaven, we may be accepted by him, that's God. Not accepted to heaven, but accepted for rewards. More than just getting into heaven, God will laud us applaud us. Angels applaud us when we come into heaven because of the works we have done. And we will stand in heaven and see groups around us, groups that we led to Jesus, then that they led to Jesus, then that they led to Jesus. We'll have a group around us. We'll, we'll look at people and say, I don't remember you. They say, oh, but the guy you led to Jesus witnessed to me, and now I accept him. And I want you to meet this one over here because now I've witnessed to this one, and he accepted Jesus. We're going to find a multitude in heaven because of the one or two we might have witnessed to on a certain day, the one or two we mentioned on the next day and ministered to them. Because of this, the fact we will die one day, we work so whether present on the earth or absent in heaven, we may be accepted by him that is God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to notice that works helps you to be accepted by God the Father. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You say, well, you know, I, I'm just not gonna witness people. I'm just, I don't think I'm gonna do any good works today or anything like that. I'm just gonna take a day off. Listen, you're gonna one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And one of the things you're gonna be rewarded for is the works you have done in your life on the earth toward other people to lead them to Jesus. Today is not a day where you say, I think I should take a vacation from witnessing for the Lord or, or doing that. No, there is no such thing as the day that you quit witnessing. Even on vacation, you witness to people. Even when you're flying in a plane, you witness to people. You talk to people about the Lord, and if they bring up a need, listen, there was a woman sitting beside me, and her son was dying. And she lived in California, told me the name of the place she lived, and she was dying. And I said, are you a Christian? She said, yeah. I said, do you believe in healing? She said, well, our church doesn't, you know, doesn't mention it very much. I said, I believe in healing. I quoted her two or three scriptures and then gave her some testimonies of people I had prayed for. I said, listen, I may never see you again here. I'll see you in heaven. And so I said, just, just give me your hand. So I touched her hand and I prayed for her son to be healed. I named the disease because she told me what the disease was and I cursed that. She looked at me later and said, I've never heard a prayer like that. Well, it really wasn't a prayer, it was a command. It was me taking authority over that sickness. And so I rebuked it 
took authority over it, commanded it to leave. And so I said, you know, I'd love for you to be able to get hold of me. So I gave her a card. I never heard from her, but you know what? I believe when she got home, she found that kid different. And whether it was instant or whether it was over a period of time, whether he got it received immediately or as he went, I believe that that child, that son was saved uh, and healed by the, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that her son was healed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says here again, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive for the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. And finally, Galatians chapter six and verse nine, let us not be weary in doing well, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. I trust you've enjoyed this particular series of lessons and understand even more about how that God wants you to be worker on earth and be rewarded for those works in heaven. We'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.